Good morning on this Monday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. If you joined us yesterday, we had left off talking about in verses uh, 6 and 7 of the book of uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8. We had talked about the Lord bringing them into a land that was a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of the valleys and hills. Now let's stop and pause and consider a little bit. As we had been talking about God as our provider and providing everything and making a way where there seems no way, even in the sea, even through the fire, in the hardest of crises and circumstances, yet he wants to lead us, lead us by the way which is right. He knows the end and the beginning of a thing, so he knows the best route to take. Now, as we talk about water, and we take into the whole, uh, the book of Genesis all the way to Revelation, we find several things outlined for us that will help us understand what the people of Israel were going to experience. A land where they didn't have to build houses, they were built for them. They didn't have to dig wells, they were already dug. The orchards and the vineyards were already planted for them. Imagine they were coming into a land where God said, everything is yours. You're going to come into a land where you don't have to water it. I will water it for you. When you were in captivity and enslaved in Egypt, in the world, you had to provide for your own water. You had to provide and working with your feet to bring it up out of the Nile River to be able to water the fields or water the areas where you were planting your crops. And that required hard work of your own. And it was to no avail and it was limited. But God now promises that when you come into the land, you're going to come into a land that is good. It's a good land. You're going to come into a land that has brooks. We can say it's a land that has brooks, has creeks, has rivers, has streams, has lakes. All of these are a result of, in part, of all the rain and the snow that has come down from heaven. And as it collects down the valleys and down the mountains, it forms all these little brooks and all these little creeks, eventually emptying out into rivers, uh, streams, and or lakes. And of course it accumulates. But best of all, it was rain and snow that came from above. But God didn't limit that. He said, you're also going to have fountains. In other words, artesian wells where the water literally bubbles up out of the ground. And that is what happened to Israel as they were traveling throughout the wilderness, the desert. Jesus, the rock, was with them. And the rock literally would spring forth water to the point that at one point they say, spring up, O well, spring up in me, spring up, O well. Literally artesian wells where the water would bubble up or they could dig to a certain level and they could find water themselves. But the wells in the new land, in Canaan land, the land that was to be conquered, the land that was given to them, the wells were already dug. And then the scripture talks not just about the fountains, but it talks about the depths. 
that spring out of the valleys and out of the hills. So we're talking about the water that is down beneath that you, today basically uh, what we would call an aquifer. It, it, it's, it's an underground river, an underground lake where the wells of today can go down hundreds of feet or thousands of feet to bring up water from wherever they are bringing it up. And they hit the different levels of water and it has been stored there. But when you think about it, it's been stored throughout the lands of the planet. It was stored there by God himself. He has placed a place for them. Just like he has a place for the oceans and the seas. And just like the rain comes down from heaven and forms rivers and streams and creeks and brooks and lakes and all these things. <clears throat> and of course, eventually the rivers uh, wind up emptying out into the sea only to be recycled again. But then you have these fountains, these crystal clear purified water that comes out from the depths of the ground. Now, the thing that we want to look at, just as God provided for them in these three areas, let's also look at these three areas as how God has provided for us in our spiritual walk. When we look at brooks and creeks and rivers and streams, we find some parallels in the language of the New Testament and Old Testament to help us understand this. Talking about the water as the word of God, we're talking about the rain as the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, then we begin to see the effects of how God is working, God has worked, and God will continue to work in our lives using this concept of water and rain. So as we look at some scriptures to help us understand, and this is going to take several days to cover everything, but we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, it says, Paul writing the letter to the Corinthians, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Now, when you stop and think about that, you know that Apollos wasn't pouring water over the people. And you know that the planting that Paul was doing was the planting of the word of God. So one planted the seed, another came and watered. So we have to ask the question, how were they watered? And that is what we're going to be looking at. What is it that God did or God does to water a life? You're going to have those that are receiving the water to be able to grow. And you're going to be having those that the water is pouring forth out of them like torrents, uh, mighty rivers just outflowing and touching people's lives. So you have both the coming in and you have the going out. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, in verse number 8, it says, Now, he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every one shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. So there's an important concept here to understand that watering is essential and necessary to help the plants grow. But he that waters and he that uh, plants basically <clears throat> are instruments of God being used 
through the Word of God and through the Holy Spirit to bring about these processes. Let's look at Isaiah 55.10. It says, For as the rain cometh down from heaven, and the snow from heaven, and returns not there, but it watereth the earth, or we'll say the land, and maketh it to bring forth bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Now that 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 is a whole lot to concentrate on and to think of. Consider how the rain comes. Sometimes it comes as a mist. Sometimes it comes as a torrent. Uh, in other words, it just pours and pours. And depending on how it come do- comes down, it's going to depend on how the processes of of growth take place. Some places need a massive amount of water because that's the only water that they're going to get throughout the entire season and the land is going to depend on it just as the crops are. Other places you get the 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 you get the rain in stages. You get the the latter rain, you get the former rain, you get it in the season that it is needed. If you get it out of season, it's not going to do any good. So it has to come down when it is needed. And the rain cometh down, for as the rain cometh down, that is how God's word is going to be. According to verse 11, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. So let's go back to the concept of rain. It's going to rain And the water is going to find itself down the sides of the slopes of the mountains, down into the valley. Why is it going to be needed in the valley? Because usually when we talk about the valley, that is the place where we find ourselves instead of sometimes the mountaintops. But also the valley winds up being the most fertile place where the water can flow and produce the greatest because... All of the water literally is like collecting it in a basin. The walls are there to keep it from going somewhere else. And it just flows down into the rivers or into the creeks or into the into the brooks or the streams. And eventually and it can't find its way into a lake. And of course, the lake, it needs to empty out or else it becomes stale uh, and stagnant. And it empties out into the sea. So the process begins all over again. But so shall my word be that goeth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me. It's not going to be just like the natural process. It's not going to just rain. And it's not just going to go down and through the valleys and go into the creeks and into the, into the streams and, and into the brooks and into the lakes and back out into the uh, ocean. But it's going to accomplish the purpose for which God has sent it. That is the land that God promised Israel. That is the land that he told them he was going to bring them into a good land. A land that's going to have water in the form of rain. It's going to be a land that has water in the form of fountains and wells. It's going to be a land that has water that comes from the great depths. And please understand this. When Jesus Christ does return on his second coming to the nation of Israel and his foot steps on the Mount of Olives and it is split so that it forms a valley to the right and to the left, 
The Bible says that there is going to be a massive amount of water from an aquifer that is under there that is going to gush out and it's going to go right down through uh, the Jordan River and it's going to go into the Sea of Galilee and it's going to go out through there and it's going to pour into the depth into the Dead Sea. It's going to be such a massive amount of water that it'll find itself back into the Mediterranean. In other words, we're talking about uh, a lake, the Dead Sea, that that is basically hundreds of feet before below sea level. Not only is it going to be filled up to the level of the sea and flow out, but it is going to be purified. And the Bible talks about men lining up to fish and to uh, be able to gather from there and the things that are going to grow on both sides of the river. Even though this is talking about futuristic, what's going to happen uh, during the time of the millennium, it gives us an idea of how much water is underground, underneath us. Now, that's an important concept because when we talk about the depths, the deep things of God, they need to be brought out by the Spirit of God who alone understands and know these things. And a man of wise understanding and counsel will know how to bring up the buckets or the necessary things of the counsel of God to be able to guide his path and his life. We're also going to see how God in the beginning established the principle. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 6 it says, But there went a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. It wasn't coming in the form of rain in the beginning. It was coming in the form of a dew, of a mist that would come from the ground underneath, would seep up, and then it literally that dew would cause itself to just fall over all the vegetation and everything grow. Now stop and think about how God is going to bring the dew, how he's going to bring the fountains. And in him, it's going to be like rivers of living water, according to the book of John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. But it also talks about the wells of salvation in John chapter 4. It will be in him a well just rising up, rising up uh, an artesian well where the water just bubbles up. That is our salvation. But also the scripture talks about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and coming and reigning upon us in the former and latter times and at the same time providing that which is needed so that the final harvest can be brought in. Oh, there's still so much to yet share with you. And we'll be looking at Noah's flood, uh, how the fountains, uh, the foundations and fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened at the same time. And that's why the earth was able to be flooded the way it was to be flooded. Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. Keep looking up. Our Redeemer and our redemption draweth near. But until then, the Lord richly bless you and consider the three things we mentioned. The brooks, the fountains, and the deep water. And we'll look at this a little closer. Join us on Tuesday. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>